Considered their best album by far, but it's the one I like the most. Um, one of the tracks on it lasted about 17 minutes. Uh, and when you consider that the Floyd were at the time uh, a top 40 band, very popular music, it's just not possible, or it's just, it's not, it doesn't happen in today's top 40 music that an any type of comparable album would be released. Um, it seems that the top 40 music now is just um, people who win, win singing competitions on shows like The X Factor or, you know, Britain's Got Talent or something like this. Um, and there's always been bubblegum pop, but... Then there were also the serious, the serious artists amongst that, but I don't know. They just don't seem to be out there these days. Uh, welcome everyone, the Pushing Rubber Podcast. Welcome all. Welcome, welcome to the alt riders. Welcome to the deplorables. Uh, welcome to the the racists, the homophobes, the sexists, the misogynists. Uh, welcome to those who speak hate truth. Um, welcome to those who are slightly right of centre, which means they're foaming at the mouth Nazis. Um, welcome uh, to the Trump supporters. Um, welcome to those who believe that mainstream media has completely lost the plot and sold itself out and is no longer the impartial bastion of democracy and a pillar of democracy that once was. Uh, welcome to those people who put giant Trump signs painted on the top of their house that can't possibly be ripped down by Hillary uh, plants. Welcome to those people who think that gay marriage is an abomination and in Australia would like to have their say on it, Uh, unlike countries like France, which held a parliamentary vote. Welcome to those people who 
like to eat meat and think that vegetarians are not only a waste of space but should be driven to a field of cows where the cows will tramp them to death. Um, welcome to those people who believe that anyone saying that they're gluten intolerant should be immediately shot on sight. Uh, welcome to those people who not only don't give a fuck about whales, but when they go to a Japanese restaurant, secretly ask the chef if they've got a little bit of uh, sushi whale on the menu that night. Welcome to those people who not only don't believe in the great myth of men, human cause global warming, but are looking out the window and wondering when is this global warming going to happen because it seems to be dolly, jolly darn cold all the time. Welcome to those people who like to think for themselves and don't believe all the crap that everyone tells them. Uh, welcome to the few women who listen to this podcast who uh, haven't bought into the whole feminist and bullshit and like their manned, men to be manly and doing manly things. Welcome to assholes everywhere, to the Pushing Rubber podcast, uh, episode twenty-three, um, which means I've almost been at it for half a year, and I've managed to get a total of forty-one followers. How about that? <sighs> Things are cracking on. If you listen to this podcast, why don't you follow for fuck's sake? Asshole. Uh, mind you, you know we're getting up there. Some of my Episodes have been listened over 500 times. Mind you, I think that's the same rape that Adam Pickett fans listening to it about 100 times each. But one can only hope that things are going along as required. It's been an interesting week. I wrote a post this week on my blog called The Pressure is Building, how it just seems that that each day you get up and you read stuff on the internet and it, and it seems like Everything's coming to a head, and it's all going to happen around the US election. What's going to happen? Who knows? Some people are saying war with Russia. Some people are saying nuclear war. Some people are saying all sorts of shit. But uh, it just seems that, you know, we're on the cusp of great events and interesting times, which means, of course, that a little guy like you and me will get royally shat on from a great height. We'll go off. Have to, have, we'll have to go off and storm a beach. And, you know that in sixty years people will come along and have a good cry, and all of us that got blown to shit. Well, doesn't sound like much fun to me. It's been an interesting week. Uh, I've done a few posts uh, that have got quite a lot of coverage uh, around the place. Um, a couple about Africa. Um, there was a. Um, uh, Quite a, quite a confronting uh, two-minute clip from Paris from a few weeks ago called "Scenes from the Apocalypse," and it was it was just the streets of Paris and what it's what's what it's been turned to. And if any of you have been to Paris, Paris is, is was you know back back in the day, and we're not we're not talking very long ago here, chaps. Uh, probably the cleanest streets in Europe. You know, it was just well known for it. But as I said on my post, if you import Africans, you'll get Africa. That's what you'll get, and that's what we're starting to see in Australia as well. And you know what you've what you've got, what you've got happening in other parts of the world, particularly places like America. 
Um, other interesting things happening this week. Um, I've got a few of them written down here. I had a big post that got a lot of internet attention on uh, this new program in uh, Melbourne schools or Victorian schools here in Australia uh, that, that students are to be taught that masculinity is inherently toxic and that they are uh, privileged because they are males in the first place. Um, as always, you have to look at who's putting this forward and what their agenda is and you just have to look at the lies to seek the truth and what it is is that hardcore feminism is a toxic thing and it's the, the females actually who are privileged in today's western society above the men and you only need half a functioning brain cell to work that out but they still have their agenda to get through um other happenings this week bob dylan got the nobel prize for literature i don't think i don't know if this says anything about bob dylan or it says anything about the degradation of the nobel prize institute we know that's been going I mean, it went, it went, it fell off a cliff when it gave the, the the Nobel Peace Prize to Barack Obama in 2009 after he got up in front of a bunch of Middle Easterners or Polish. I think it was in Poland. He got up and made a speech and said that you know, no more nuclear stuff, you know, nuclear war and nuclear warheads, and we'll get rid of it. They gave him the, the Nobel Prize for Peace. He hadn't done anything, and he spent the subsequent seven years of his presidency building more nuclear warheads and giving nuclear technology to every tin pot dictator in the world. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's about as relevant as the Nobel Prizes are. Um, but Bob Dylan, Nobel Prize for Literature. Um, well, I mean, Bob Dylan, I've never been a Dylan fan. Um, he came up with some good lyrics. He sung badly on purpose because it was all... It was all it was all his point in the time of the 60s of being counterculture and revolutionary, so I'm not going to sing in tune, I'm just going to sing out of tune and you'll buy all my records anyway, and everyone did. And, and uh, I think it's an appalling decision to give it to him. Absolutely appalling. Uh, I follow Maggie's Farm, the Maggie's Farm blog, and Maggie's Farm, of course, is a, a track by Dylan, I think, or an album, I wouldn't know. And so, you know, it's interesting because Maggie's Farm is quite politely happy about it the decision of giving the nobel prize for literature to dylan but i can tell that they're not ecstatic because i think even they're embarrassed somewhat that this is just a, a god-awful decision i suppose it's like the michelin um restaurant reviews giving michelin stars to street food in hong kong and singapore and thinking you know we're really hip now and all you're doing is you know degrading your brand but that's what the left is good at. They're good at degrading brands. Um, I read an interesting post this week, and I'll link to these in the show notes for this back on my blog. Uh, it was called Sex Appeal, Fitness and Fat Shaming. Uh, a subtitle, The History and Biology are Getting Jacked and Tan. I'm, I've never previously heard of the, the saying jacked and tan, but I'm gathered it's some sort of Americanism for being, you know, in shape and burnt by the sun um but it was you know going through this it was a thing on this it's uh, the nation.com i never heard of this place before uh and it was written by a guy they got his photo at the end here who, who kind of looks like well it's like a total beefcake but he's written quite well uh, it's not too bad um and uh and he's just basically taken to account this whole 
fat shaming thing in the sense that in the sense that the fatties are trying to say fat shaming's bad and he's saying well it's actually good because being fat's bad for you and people find healthy fit people of the opposite sex or even the same sex if they're that way inclined attractive um rafting taught me a lot about that um i still remember the scene i was working up in cairns which is a uh, a large town in the tropical far north queensland up the um where the barrier reef is in australia it's quite an interesting town because lee marvin used to hang out there catching black marlin and bunch of other uh bunch of other rough celebrities so it's always had a bit of a frontier town and it was a lot of fun when i rocked up there in the early 90s now of course it's it's well it's kind of part of a parody of itself i suppose sorry to all my friends who live up in Kent. shout out stephen darch and all the uh, rafting guides up there um but anyway i was working up there on the barren river which was this well, for the most part, it's a piddly, god-awful river because the, the water level's so low because it's a dam release. But when it flows, it's actually quite nice. A bit of fun. Uh, and um, we, uh, we had a trip. I think it was about five rafts. And at the last minute, we were told by Ray... And we were up the top of the valley already with the rafts. The, the guides had gone ahead. At the last moment, we were told there was, there was an extra raft and they bought up one for us, but the electric pump had broken, uh, and we had to pump it up by hand using these two large hand pumps, uh, which you put your whole body weight into. So I think there were four or five of us up there, and we started pumping up this raft, and hand pumping up a raft from scratch is a, is a big job. There's a lot of air that goes in one of these things, and you're really using your upper body to this to do this. And it was tropical, it was hot, we were stripped to the waist, wearing just our board shorts and Tiva uh, sandals on our feet. And we're all in our mid-twenties and very, very fit and well-built. And we spent about 20 minutes pumping up this raft, and as soon as anyone started to falter, someone else, we had two pumps, someone else took in and took, came in and took over. So by the time the rafting bus rocked up, um, we were looking pretty jacked, I suppose you could say, which is what this... This uh, jacked and tan, isn't it? Jacked. It's the American side. We're looking pretty jacked. Um, and the rafting bus rolled up, and it was actually um, one group of um, women uh, from Singapore uh, between the ages of like, I'd say, mid twenties to mid thirties. And I still, and we, and as we saw the bus come up, came up, we got ready there with the life jackets in our hand and helmets so that when they came, the customers came off the, the bus, we were handing all this stuff immediately to them. So literally, you, you stepped off the bus as a customer, someone thrust a life jacket at you, someone thrust a helmet at you, someone thrust a paddle at you, stick it on, bang, you're ready to go, we'll put you into groups, we're off, because we are behind. So I still remember this bus pulling up and these women's faces, must have been, must have been a good 20 odd of them at the window, looking at us in pure shock at what they were seeing, unadulterated physical masculinity on display for them that they were then going to spend time with on this river. 
and their faces in in split seconds collectively and i still remember this went from shock to what's the word it's not pleasure it's not lust uh leering uh no because they were they were singaporean so they were quite polite and well behaved um smoldering i don't know turn the fuck on (laughs) it was just really powerful stuff and it showed to me um, the power of true masculinity to particularly a group of women who uh, so this is singaporean women early 90s um I remember them not being particularly attractive as a group. I think there might have been one there that you might, I might have called a 7 out of 10, but for the most part we're talking 5s and 6s. Um, and I, I, I gather at the time back in stayed Singapore, um, though it's not like that now, um, but I imagine back in the time what they were seeing was something that they just didn't come into contact with at all. And to say that they were they became more ramboistiously uh exuberant and quite um fourth while in in <laughs> what they were saying and their body language in particular as the trip went on is, is just to to put it mildly by the end of it we, the four four of us or the five of us the rafting guys we were we were literally fending them off with paddles um and i also got an insight into the minds of of good-looking women doing that because nothing's more um, nothing is more off-putting um than a bunch of members of the opposite sex throwing themselves at you it's just well i suppose if they were all nines and tens it'd be but still it was i don't know and i've had it before also where they're quite good looking women throwing themselves and it's just like wow i don't know it's just i don't know maybe chicks dig it but there's guys we didn't dig it we didn't dig it at all but masculinity is, raw masculinity is really, really powerful stuff for women and for other men. And, and it, was a, it was a good early lesson for me. And it meant that I've always stayed in shape for the most part of my life. Um, I'm still in very good shape now at 45. And in some ways I'm probably in better shape than I was because when I was rafting it was such a continual physical exercise that uh, your body just couldn't recover. So I was very muscular but very stringy. I only weighed about 60 kilos, whereas now I weigh about 70 kilos. I don't know what this is in pounds. I'm a, I'm a medium-sized guy. I'm not a big guy by any stretch of the imagination, but, but it was, it was definitely, definitely wore you down rafting all day, every day. Um, so I've, that stayed with me. If, if you're a guy, it behooves you to be strong it's just it's just what men are it's just what men are we are strong as compared to women women have one advantage they don't need to really go to a gym or anything like that all they need to do is all women need to do is eat sensibly and take relatively good care of themselves um maybe walk a little bit more than sit and that's all they need to do. Um, whereas men, you need to, for a man who's in really good shape, you're looking at someone who's spent three days a week 
at minimum in a gym uh, for at least two years uh, to get to that point, which is a huge amount of effort. The advantage that men have is that they can look that good well into their 50s, whereas women hit the wall, as you all know, around 32 to 33 years of age, and then there's not much they can do to get back from that unless they have exceptionally good genes, someone like Sophia Loren uh, or someone like that. So, guys, um, it really does um, make a difference as a man to be in shape and be strong. Uh, the ancient Greeks, as this guy says in his... Uh, article here and I'll link this article up were really big on um, looking good and being in shape physically and they used to make fun of people but the great philosophers of Rome and, and Greece all say that the healthy body leads then to the healthy mind if I'm struggling with work with my writing uh or the marketing or networking, whatever I'm doing is part of what I do for a job now. If I'm struggling in any way, shape or form, at minimum I'll go out for a walk, but usually I hit the gym. And hitting the gym clears my head. At the end of a really, at the end of a rafting day where I've done four trips, I've had six people on my boat for each trip, so 25, four people, and I wouldn't recognise one of those people if they stood in front of me and when I went and said, I went rafting with you today, Adam, which happened to me at bars in the evening all the time because it was just it was just like one group after another. They're, they're all dressed the same. They all look the same. You're looking at the backs of their heads the whole time down the river for the most part. I couldn't tell you. You, you went rafting with me today? Oh, did you have a nice time? I just didn't know. At the end of the day, you're, you're, not, you're not so much physically rooted as you are mentally rooted. And the absolute best thing, the absolute best thing was to go to the gym and, uh, and hit it. 40 minutes is all you need, 45 minutes. In fact, any longer than that, and you start to, it starts to work against you. 45 minutes to an hour is, uh, is what I consider the perfect time to be at the gym. Three or four exercises, Heavy, 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 heavy weights, low reps, five reps, five times each one. And uh, it really does clear your head in a great way. But back to the topic, masculinity is strength. And this whole toxic masculinity thing, uh, you look at photos of oh, Europeans. When I've, when I've been going through countries like Germany and especially the Scandinavian countries like Denmark, the men just look weaselly. They look weaselly and wimpy. Um, and when we were rafting, it was a big thing as well. Like we'd get, we'd get nationalities on our, on our boats that the guys just looked, they just didn't look masculine at all. And back then, Australians and New Zealanders in particular were very, 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 uh, we got them on our boats and you knew you had some masculine uh, um, presences personalities amongst you as customers i'm talking not as rafting gods 
We really didn't notice a difference. Um, so get fit, boys. Get strong. Girls like it. Girls really, really like it. But you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for yourself. And one of the byproduct advantages of it is that girls like it. But you don't get it to get girls. You get it because it has to be a part of who you are. As, as Rollo Tomasi says, it's your frame. If you only do your frame to get girls, then you have no frame. Your, your frame is false. It's based on lies, which means that your frame can easily be changed. How many, how many of, uh, of you know, have mates who, who always acted and behaved a certain way and always had certain hobbies that they followed and they got with a girl and they got serious and suddenly all that was thrown away within a matter of months? How many of you done, have done that yourselves? I've had so many friends do this over the years and, and I, always, I always lose a bit of respect. Because you, you weren't who you said you were. You were just living for the outside world, as in girls, and trying to act in a certain way to get them. But once you got one that you thought, this was it, I'm gonna, this is the one, and I'm going to shack up with it, with her. Sorry, I suppose I shouldn't refer to females in a third person. It. Um, all of that was cast aside because one of the tests that women do is to test your frame. Can I tear it down? Can I, can I cut him off from his friends? Can I stop him to do this hobby? Can I get him to do this instead? If they can, well, this test, all well, this is shit testing. They're just, they're just peeling away the layers of an onion to see whether or not you were the man that you advertised to her that you were going to be. And if with every layer she peels away, more and more she holds you in disdain. So. This pretending to be someone else only works in the short term anyway. You get the girl, but you don't keep the girl. And when the girl goes, she probably takes you for everything that you got if you were foolish enough to marry her. I mean, I know guys who complain about women having push-up bras. They call it false advertising. Well, the ultimate false advertising is what men do with their frame. Pretending to be something that they're not so they can get a girl. They're pretending that they're being something that they're not to women, to their friends, their mates, and to themselves. And in the end... You got nothing, fellas. You you've got a house of cards. Your foundation's built on sand or straw. There's nothing there. You're hollow. And what sort of man are you? What sort of man goes to the gym, works out, works out, works out, and as soon as he gets the girl, stops? What's that? You, if that's who you are, you're only going to attract the same sort of person. So you'll attract the girl who keeps herself in shape, and as soon as she gets married, blows up to the size of a balloon. The old, you know, Britney Spears, can I stuff my face as fast as I can at this buffet? Like attracts like. You want the good ones, you've got to be good, but you've got to be fundamentally good and fundamentally wholesome as a man for your sake, not for someone else's. This doesn't mean they have to take me as who I am, they can't change me, no one can change me, blah, 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 because that's, that's just as bad, but coming from a different viewpoint for it. You have to be willing to change yourself to make you a better man, not a better attract female totem pole for the short term. You've got to be a man for masculinity's sake. You've got to be a man for your own sake. And fuck, being a man so much better than being a chick. You know, why do you want to be a girl? I can't even think logically. You guys, 
You know, you were fortunate enough to be born guys. If you listen to this podcast, chances are you're not living in some, you know, you've had third world shithole, or even if you are there, you've got the opportunities because you're there probably on your own power. You've got advantages. What if you say to me, oh, but, you know, I, I just feel nervous about girls and I just can't get anywhere. And I say, well, how, well, do you try? How is your frame? The frame's everything. If you read Rollo Tomasi's writings at The Rational Mail and you read his books, especially the first one, the most important part of it is frame. Most important part. The most successful men that I know are the ones who've worked really hard, worked really, really hard to make themselves. And it's an ongoing process. You, you just you don't arrive at the point. Oh, I'm a man now. Whew. Tick that box. Got it. Yeah. All right. What shall I do now? Uh, I got to the man part. It doesn't work like that. It'll it'll keep going until the day you die. It'll keep going until the day you die. And that's important to understand. I'll give you an example. I've just remembered it now because I was thinking about this this week for the podcast. Uh, you, you all probably know the, the Clint Eastwood Spaghetti Western film The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. And if you haven't gone and seen it, what's the, what the hell's wrong with you? Great film. And you've got the three characters, The Good, which is Clint Eastwood, The Bad, which is the, the evil devilish character with the, the cool hat and the, and the twirly moustache. And you've got The Ugly, which of course is the... The dude is just trying to scrabble and get the leftovers between the fight between the, the good and evil alphas. And there's a scene early on in the film where the evil character, and it kind of sets the character for what the evil character is, goes into this homestead in, in, the, in the, like an Arizona desert or something. It's like an adobe-style homestead, and there's a, a man and a woman and his teenage son living there. And they're kind of, they're kind of Mexican-looking and quite quite wealthy, but well, not not wealthy, but well off, you know. And obviously, from hard work, it's a working farm. And the evil man is there for evil intent. So the evil man is the intruder into this farmer's home. When I said you've got to make yourself as a man, it's an ongoing process. You don't just arrive. So look, part of the the job of a man is is to be able to defend your home from intruders. If a gang of Starts tries starts breaking down your, your door. Well, you've got to have a baseball bat or a cricket bat or something there. And if not, you grab something from the kitchen and you've got to go for it. Because that's part what part of being a man is. Defending your home. Back to this scene. So we've got the evil guy in the home. The evil guy, I can't remember the details, but he takes something. And the farmer could have just let him go. The farmer could have let him stand up and walk out. But if he'd done that, his life would have been finished because his wife would have known that she wasn't married to an actual man and he wasn't prepared to defend his home and his family from threats and intruders. A woman has to know this. So if he'd let the evil guy go in the film... His life would have been over because she would have left him. She would have, or she would have made, probably just made his life unbearable from that point on. 
he had to defend the house and he had to defend his home and family from this intruder, even though the intruder hadn't physically threatened him. He had to pull his gun. He had to pull his gun even though he knew that the evil guy in the film was an actual professional gunslinger and his chances of pulling this off were pretty fucking slim. But in pulling the gun, he defended his home and he acted like a man and the evil character shot him dead. The wife wails, but his wife had two choices of misery. She had the choice of her husband being shot and killed in front of her and having to bury him and mourn him. Or she had the choice of discovering that her husband wasn't an actual man at all and having to live with that which she wouldn't be able to do. So what actually happened with her losing her husband was the best of the two. Truly the best of the two. And then, of course, the teenage son comes down the stairs with a shotgun and attempts to avenge his father's death, and he's killed as well. But once again, he's trying to act like a man. There's more truth in that scene of the male-female dynamic than any romantic comedy of the last 40 years. The writer of that scene, the director of that film, really got the male-female dynamic. You might look at that scene and think, be watching that movie and think, what? why is he trying to kill the evil guy? He could have let him go. But then his, wife, his life wouldn't be worth living. It worked out for everyone. When you think about it that way. And why are you afraid of death? We're all going to go someday. Better to die on your feet pulling your gun and defending your home and family than living another 30 years with the knowledge that you weren't up to it. And that's what being a man's about. You've got to make yourself continually, and you might be put in that situation. You might be put in that situation where you have to act like a man. This might seem silly to you. But being a man is not silly. Being a man actually is a big fucking deal when you get down to it. And it's not something you take lightly. Which is why you've got to work on your frame. Which is why guys who have this pretend frame are pitiful. Fucking pitiful. If you, don't, if you can't have any more impetus, any more encouragement, if that doesn't get you enthusiastic to get out there and start creating your own frame, then there's no hope for you. The big drawback to modern society is that people have too much time on their hands. This is why we have such a problem with progressives. If they were only just busy enough surviving day to day, there wouldn't be an issue because they wouldn't be free to make trouble. Instead, they're all on welfare, 
bored out of their minds. Stupid to begin with. And so they bother everyone. At the same time, if you're not a progressive and you're a guy, but you're still not getting out there and doing anything, and you prefer to play 14 hours of video games every day, well, you've got a problem there as well, don't you? You have all this time. You have all this luxury of time. And yet, and yet, do you get out there and make something of yourself? Frame. Frame is the most important thing. Frame is everything for a guy. And you have to work on it all the time. This is why on my 28 Traits of the Modern Man that you can find on my blog, there's so many of those things are interests. The, the interesting guys I know, the guys who have frame, have interests. Whether it be smoking cigars or a pipe, getting into motorbikes, sailing, enjoying good wines, good whiskies, and being knowledgeable about it, making an effort to understand. There's that caricature of the, the Dos Equi commercials with the most interesting man in the world on them. But actually, why was that, uh, why was that publicity, that, that, why was that advertising series so successful for Dos Equi? Because it's completely founded in truth. It's completely founded in truth. The most interesting man in the world is completely founded in truth. That's what you want to aim for. And you are the sum collective total of your experiences, the things you've done, the things you know. And every day you can get a little bit better, a little bit better, and this makes your frame. And the stronger your frame, the more depth to your frame, the more interesting you are to women, the more women you want, want to be around you. And if women know that they can't dent your frame in one bit, in one, just they can't even dent it, well then, and they still want to be with you, well you've got, you got a chance of a decent relationship now. Because that's what women want. I said at the beginning women want masculinity want strength, but strength isn't just physical strength. Strength is strength of frame. How strong is your frame? in the force of female intrusion? Have you ever dropped a friend because a girlfriend told you that she didn't like him? Have you ever stopped hanging out with your mates? Maybe you did a weekly go out to a bar on a Thursday night and play a bit of poker and you've been doing it for years and it was a real part of who you were and you got with a girl and Suddenly that went out the window and you're sitting, sitting at home watching romantic comedies. You just go so far down in, in, the, in, the, in the woman's eyes when this happens. When these shit tests begin to break down your frame. There was a, there was a uh, thread on Ace of Spades this week um, I've got a f- oh, I should have got this up I should have got this up um, 
There was a thread on Ace of Spades on, well, it was advice from Ace to his sons about relationships and women. And he gave a bunch of advice. Um, and actually, some of it was pretty good. Some of it wasn't too bad at all. There was some good stuff there. Um, and then all of his readers got involved to give their advice as well. Um, and some of it was just, uh, and it's not loading down below it, I don't know why. Some of it was gloriously terrible. terrible. I'll see if I can find the thread and I'll link it in the show notes as well, back on my blog. But a lot of the comments and a lot of what, what people were saying you have to do was just, I think the, the worst thing was just, that I saw continuously was this idea of the mystery of women. You'll have the mystery of a fantastic relationship and you'll have a fantastic relationship and you'll discover the deep secret mysteries that exist between men and women. This, this sort of fantasy land beta crap, together with putting the pussy on a pedestal, was just dripping from 80% of the comments. Dripping. There is no great mystery that you're going to delve into like some Celtic fairy tale land between men and women. It's just, it's just, it's just bullshit. It's wishful thinking. It's wishful beta male thinking. Hope, hoping that everything that chicks have told you they want is actually true. As regards as putting the pussy on the pedestal. Just don't do it, boys. There is no great mystery of women. They aren't special creatures. Um, I find most of them very, very, very annoying. Um, there are very few out there that are worth your time. They definitely are not mystical, magical creatures. I'll see if I can find the thread. You go through it. Try and identify who's full of shit, who's seriously deluded, who doesn't know what they're talking about, who's living in a world of pain. And don't forget, if someone, if a man is in a bad relationship and he's some sort of beta fuck, he will try to convince all, his, all the men around him that what he's doing is fine because he's trying to convince himself that what he's doing is fine. And if he can get other men to, to do the same as him, then that props him up in his delusion for just that little bit longer because he doesn't want to deal with the hard reality that he's made some glorious fuck-ups in his life. If you've fucked up your frame, we've, we've spoken about frame, but what if you've fucked up your frame and it wasn't strong enough and you ended up with a woman and you've been with her for some period of time, you might even be married to her, you might even have kids with her, and she steadily eroded your frame, what can you do then? Well, not much. You really can't do much. I don't think these situations are recoverable. Once you start to lose... Because you have to understand that the, 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 the woman in this, in this scenario has lost respect. That's why she's not sleeping with you anymore. You can't negotiate desire. What is the one glaring, beta, fucking landmark of a failed relationship? A relationship is going down the tubes, and that is a date night. You're going out on a date night with your own wife. 
or partner, that means you've fucked it. You've fucked it so badly. You can't negotiate desire, fellas. You can't rekindle what you had because it means the, the very act of trying to rekindle means you've lost it. Because either you never had it to begin with, your frame wasn't strong enough, or you took it for granted and didn't bother working at it. So what can you do in this situation? Look, if you've got kids, if you've got kids, well, kids, kids are a responsibility. Kids, you got a responsibility not to fuck them up. And if you've got kids, as far as I'm concerned, you abdicate some of your own personal freedoms at that point. In other words, for those of you hard of understanding, the kids come first. You're going to have to stay with her. At that point, you can only try to reclaim your frame piece by piece and be unwavering with every brick that you rebuild in the face of the shit tests she will throw at you. If you don't have kids, it's not worth the effort, Lever. Get out. Rebuild your frame. And if that means you're going to be alone for the rest of your life, fine. Fine. Be alone for the rest of your life. But if you rebuild your frame and you build your frame up to actually you're a man, you won't be. That's the whole point. You ever heard that thing, you know, the old, you've probably experienced it, when you're looking for a girl, when you're looking for a relationship, you can't find one. When you're not looking, suddenly they're piling in on top of you. The fact that you're not looking means that you've got decent frame. The fact that you're looking means your frame is flawed. So ipso facto, you're not going to attract jack shit. The stronger your frame, the stronger your frame, the better class of woman you will attract. And that's when you see like guys who physically don't look that appealing. And maybe they haven't got that much cash. And they've got a very, very, very impressive woman with them. And a very successful relationship. If you're wondering what it is, it's frame. Frame is what it is. you're not sure what frame is, have a look on, do a search frame, Rollo Tomasi, The Rational Male. I recommend his first book. Other books I recommend, well, I recommend Aaron Cleary's books. Um, I've read a couple of them, Curse of the High IQ. Uh, And I've just picked up Reconnaissance Man, um, which I'm in the process of reading, and I'll probably do a review of that um, in the future. Um, Aaron, of course, has his arsehole consultancy where he tells you how it is for a bit of cash um, and makes a video of it so you can always go back to it to remind yourself of what a fuckhead you have been. So check him out at captaincapitalism.com. Other books, of course, my new book, Run Guts, Pull Cones, is out, um, which is about a five-month rafting uh, season in the Italian Alps. And... I spoke to someone, I was speaking to someone yesterday who's halfway through the book and they said to me, they're really enjoying it, and they said, uh, it's like a layer cake of, of different things that are happening. You never know what's going to happen next. And I like that because what it is is indeed a layer cake, and it's a layer cake of frame. The book is about frame. 
And the book is about how you deal with situations as a man and how you deal with other men and how you deal with women when they intrude on a group. All with the, the backstory context of rafting in the Italian Alps and lots of drugs and alcohol and sex and that sort of stuff. So uh, it is, and it is, going, it is going quite well. I'm quite happy with it. So you can pick up Run Guts, Pull Cones, uh, follow the links at my blog. My first book, Pushing Rubber Downhill, of course, is how I really set out to make myself or to make and create my frame. Um, and you can get that one on audiobook as well as paperback and Kindle. So we'll call this the frame episode, the glorious frame episode. Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful week. Um, I hope you get out there today, today, and go to the gym. And if you do go to the gym today, don't just go to the gym and start. Get a trainer, show him how to, tell him, get him to show you how to do the stuff. Use free weights, free weights, not machines. Your exercises, bench press, squat, learn to love the squat, deadlift. There are those men who deadlift and there are those men that don't. You want to be the men that deadlift. Overhead shoulder press. Barbell rows. That's it. That's all you need. Chin-ups are good too. But that's really all you need. Uh, I'll put a link to the blog on the program that I follow using those. And it really, really is. And I've been going to the gym for 20 years. Well, more than that. Fuck. 30 years. Um, it really is a great program to follow. So get out there, men. Be proud of your masculinity. Start creating your frame. And there's no rush. You can't rush out and create frame. You just, step by step, put yourself together. This has been Adam Pickett, Pushing Rubber Podcast. Um, thank you all for stopping by. I'll see you next week.